Oi, you lot. You're listening to our chapter. Episode 241. On tonight's episode, the Manlings start the first episode of the 11th year of the show. And the fat Manlings all proud of himself for just sitting and talking for 10 years. And the other Manlings like, oh, yeah, well, you do this all the time anyway. What's so special? But they don't care because they're talking about the Fire Slayers. And finally, finally, the children of Grimnir are going to war. And that's pretty cool, because, you know, they're sort of my cousins and all, so just shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next two or three hours, however long this takes, we're going to do our best... No way. There's like 12 units total. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Wow. <laughs> way to cut me short there. Um, yeah, hi, so I'm Alex Gonzalez. <laughs> No, go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no, no. Come on. This list is very short. Screw off. Oh. You you Uh, cut me down to size. All right. How about this? Bringing you uh, Hearthguard and Volkites and um, a pizza oven. And I think that's literally the entire list. Uh, I'm David Whitek. How's that? Did I do a good job? I don't think so. But who no, cares? You, you know what? Quickly, thank the sponsors before they tune out. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh, so, as always, you need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your basic needs and MDF stuff. And by the way, Kevin and Brad are awesome. Okay, that's what I'm doing. That's good. No, no, it's accurate. <laughs> and Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. There's always something happening at Grognards. You can drive up and pick up your stuff. I just did. You did? Great. Yes. That's awesome. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so we'll actually have to do a little commercially bit for them to this episode because... Not that we've been ignoring them, but when they were had to be closed during pandemic, we weren't running the commercials because why would you run a commercial for a store that's not open? Because then they're just paying for sponsorship that's dumb. So we just waited till they opened up again. Right? Makes sense. See, now look, that's a peek behind the curtain at what goes on when you're making the sausage here at Garage Hammer. So, Dave, what? Can we please thank the Patreon sponsors? Oh, sure. Let's see. Uh, all those people who are part of the 1% who make this show and everything we do possible. Associate producers Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, Lance Pear. Executive producers Colin Miller and Andrew Frank Husen. And since we recorded the last episode like just a couple days ago, there's no new sponsors because we talked about them all literally just a couple days ago. Thank you all, each and every one of you, past, present, and future sponsors, for being part of the 1% that make everything that we do here happen. You make the magic. Or you, you pay for the magic. So, Hey, Alex, you know we got voicemail? You know we um, actually don't have voicemail because we literally played all of those two days ago, too. <laughs> okay, so what you're telling me is we have voicemail, but we don't have any voicemails. So if I was a listener and wanted to fix this problem, how would I leave a voicemail? You would pick up your phone and dial 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most international callers dial 00. And then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. And for those of you who don't have letters on your phone, uh, 1-757-441-4696. You call, and then you get the thing, and then a beep, and then you talk. And then we play it on the air sometimes. It's kind of awesome. I love voicemail. 
I don't know why I enjoy voicemail so much. It's kind of a dumb thing that I get so excited that people call. But people call, and then I get well, excited. Well, it's like we talked about on the last show, is that it's nice to hear people's voices instead of saying, I don't want to talk to people. I just want to text them. Or That is whatever. true. That is so it's just true. nice to hear people's voices, um, especially now. Since true. it's just like text, text, might FaceTime. But I'm not ever going to get on my phone and call you because I could look at your face. But my son does not answer the phone. Well, we discussed this. Yes, I know. It's just it's craziness. I don't understand. I'm getting old. Getting just like the show. Yeah, but getting old. First episode of our eleventh year. Starting our eleventh year right now. This is crazy. Yes. It is crazy. It's insanity and and stuff. And things. I think so. Or am I right? Yeah, because episode 240 and episode 240, because yeah, we started in the May. Uh, okay. Makes sense to me. I don't know. Sure. Hey, look. This is going to be fun. You're going to have a mm-hmm. fun time here. We're going to... You know what? Um, do we have time for the toolbox this episode? Because I don't... I just... God bless America. I, I, there's no way it's going to take us two hours to talk about these fire slayers, is it? I I mean, they don't measure up to a normal book review, um, <laughs> but there is a lot more to talk about compared to their GHP. But we can do a toolbox if we have anything to talk about. Not that much, really. I just thought maybe you had something to talk about. I built some Star Wars toys. But Did you bend your Wookiee? Well, that's a, no, not for a long time. That's no, at least Gross. not with another human being. But wow, what Jesus? Um. <laughs> All right, <laughs> screw that noise. Wait, now. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm dying. That's not a good pain. Uh, okay. Do you have anything to talk about for the toolbox? I literally built Star Wars. I bought them their Bandai. And Bandai models, can I just say something, are awesome. <laughs> Have you ever built these things, built Bandai models? No. Oh, my God. Seriously, I was at Hobby Lobby before they had to stop being open. And, like, a lot of these were on clearance. I built a Death Star, like the second Death Star, a Star Destroyer, a Y-Wing, an X-Wing, uh, two A-Wings, uh, TIE Fighter, and Darth Vader's TIE Fighter, and I'm building Poe Dameron's uh, souped-up X-Wing. These are I mean, there's a lot of pieces in small. Now, the only complaint I would have is they give you all these stickers that they say you can put the stickers on, you know, instead of painting them, and they're thick vinyl stickers, except the model is so detailed with all the little rivets and bumps that the sticker can't lay flat, and it's just a it's a horror show. you got to throw the stickers out the window and paint the models. But, uh, you know, me and the wife are really into Star Wars. I thought it might be a nice little surprise because she don't listen to the show, so she won't know. But I thought it might be a nice little surprise. Build these up and paint them, and then she could, like, have them at her desk at work. Or some crap like that. You know, because, you know, it's a gift. It's like, I made this for you. But it's not like a crappy card that your kid makes you when they're five and they don't know any better. It's like like uh, something actually cool. Um, and speaking of Bandai, I got I got my, my Ultramarine Primaris Intercessor in the mail that I totally forgot I ordered because it was like six or seven months ago. And that thing's pretty cool, too. Of course, I haven't taken it out of the box yet because I'm still deciding what I want to do. But it's pretty cool. And that's that's my story. That's that's sort of my uh, my uh, 
That's my hobby, actually. Isn't that exciting? That's pretty exciting. I I, I would say. That's the most exciting hobby you've had in, like, I don't know. This year. I have not painted. I still haven't painted a model this year. I just got these things built. Didn't you paint anything in between January 1 and Wapaka? I don't think so. Maybe? You had to do characters. Oh, maybe I did. But if you see them, you realize I only put like five colors on them because I was just contrast painting them. But okay, so, so I did some, I painted a couple of models in the beginning of the year. But I haven't since, oh, before Paca. Oh, that's right. No, in fact, I was because I was finishing up the bases at Paca. Because <laughs> I went into my room and I had to put the black uh, around all the edges, rims on the bases because I forgot to do that when I was at home. So I have not painted a model since the end of January. Neat. Yeah, well, it's not, you know, I, I know. sort of had a okay. uh, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. I sort of had a Pavlov's dog reaction to all hobbying right now. So I'm having trouble with it. So the Star Wars models don't feel like hobbying because it's kind of cool just how complex and ultra fine detailed these models are. So uh and they don't feel like hobbying, so. Cool. Yeah, I guess so. How about you? I know you've been painting and doing stuff. Yeah, uh, so since the last time we talked about um, hobby, it's been a little bit. I've gotten um, not as much as I would have liked to done. I only got 32 models done. Um, so that's a whole bunch of Underworlds Warbands. Um and some random stuff for Warcry, like some Untamed Beasts, um, two Zinch characters, and then my first Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. Uh, that was a tall order, um, but it painted up a lot quicker than I expected it to. All right. So, 32 cool. models in the past, what, month and a half? Um, since the 28th of April, I finished... 32 models. That's like three weeks. Yeah. Ugh. So right now, and this is fun, I'm working on 26 models at the same time because batch painting is smart. Unless uh, it's Stormcast, in which case it's a terrible idea. Eesh, could be, yeah. It kind of gets rough. I mean, it's not 180 zombies at one time, but it's still rough. Yeah, so I've got uh, two Warcry Warbands, a couple of extra characters, and the last Underworld's Warband that I need to paint all on my desk at once. Interesting. Uh, The big reason is just I'm trying to keep it as consistent as possible um, and keep myself motivated because these are like the last things I'm probably going to paint with quote-unquote real paint uh, for a while. Because everything else is going to be contrasted. I'm not lying here. Like, that is my plan for most of the rest of the models I'll be getting this year and getting to this year. So, um, I'm just trying to get these guys all done at once this way I can pack up the paints um, and finish them up. So, that's kind of where my headspace is at. And I picked up the uh, Mother of Pearl paint from you, the airbrush paint. How's that working for you? It is fantastic. So, the storm host I'm doing is the blades of, is the blades of dawn, 
Uh, these are seafarers. So their heraldry, they have white lightning bolts on their emblems, the hammer and or the hammer and lightning bolts emblems uh, for their shields and shoulder pads. So for that white, that's what I use the mother of pearl because they're like seafarers. So I figured that that would be a neat little customization. Yeah, and it works because that you know if you're talking about seafarers, that's what that's what Mr. Crab says all the time. Mother of pearl, SpongeBob, what are you doing? So that works. Sure. Uh, so, but I've got a bunch of Vanguard stuff, a bunch of uh, Sacrosanct stuff on the desk right now that I'm working on, and yeah, I'm just trying to get as much done as I can, uh, not including. What I may or may not be painting for Holy Havoc, I've only got 230 models left to go. How many left to go? 230. Okay. Huh. So if I get the 26 off my desk, that'll put me down to 204. Um, yeah. That's interesting. That is quite interesting. Um and that's not including Dreadfleet either. Because um, I'm not going to lie, I haven't looked at that box again. That's um, okay. I, I got... think that's going to be the reward for when I get to 100% is to do Dreadfleet. That's a reward. You and I got different definitions of the word reward. Yeah, I think I got like, I don't know, 30 or 40 Night Haunt left. I got everything else painted. And it's like Hex Wraiths and characters and the Banshees and then... Oh, so maybe I didn't get them all. I think somewhere on one of these trays is a bunch of those weird bone-faced, monkey-faced looking monster things. The Glaive Wraith Stalkers? That's what you call them. Thank you. Unless they're sitting on the table and I just don't see them from where I'm sitting. And did you get your endless spells done? Um, yeah, no. No. There's endless spells. See, those guys. are fun. That's right. Well, there's three endless spells for Night Haunt: the uh-huh. Shyish Reaper, the Vault of Souls, and the Mortalis Terminexus. Oh, that's right the 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 cockeyed uh, uh, hourglass, the grim grinning ghost Disney pop up uh, box, and the Jack in the Box, and then the other thing. That's right. That's right. I forgot about yeah, those. Yeah. So there's the three of those, but also just the generic endless spells. Yeah. No, I've, I don't think I've, I don't think I've painted any of them. I'm, I Those are quick should. little projects just Those to are quick kick little start projects. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I said, I've had a weird uh couple of months and I'm having like I mean seriously like Pavlov's dog, like, you know, like conditioning and, and now my reaction to picking up any of these things and painting them is weird. So I know that sounds like a weird thing and I ain't going into details right now, but I'm I'm I am I am I am remaining with my hobby stuff by reading through the books and and working on the lore stuff and focusing on that, um, because uh, I'm having real trouble painting. Mm-hmm. But I'm building these Star Wars models. That's okay. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, oh, and. Uh, yeah, what else? I'm I'm probably gonna. I tried to sell all those ultramarines. Got too many of them. Nobody can afford that much. So I think I'm gonna split that up and sell those. 
And then somebody, a couple of people asked about Harrison's old high elves, and he's like, get rid of them. So I think I'm going to do that too. And then, uh, I don't know, I may have to go through my old dwarfs because I don't think I'm ever going to use them to build a Cities of Sigmar army. And they're actually painted pretty decent, so you can just pop them off the squares and put them on rounds. I'm certain somebody will want them. And then I'll mm-hmm. have and then I'll have all my hobby area cleared out except for the one project that I'm working on, which is Night Hunt and the Legions of Nagash, which will be what I have left. And I can Yeah, just I mean focus there'll on. be a short list for the people that want your stuff for the dwarves, but it's okay. It's a short list. <laughs> all right. Um have you done any gaming? Um uh, no. No, not not really, not all because we're all locked away. Like, I, you know, Kira's still in school. Harrison just finished finals. He doesn't want unless you t- play. I, I've watched Harrison play The Witcher three. It's pretty exciting, actually. It's a good game, but I don't. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's like seriously. I've I've heard from more than one person that that might be like the best RPG video game like ever made. And so I was watching Harrison hmm. play it. I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. He's like, you should play it. I said, no. <laughs> I do not have enough time for that. I just finished up my next grad school class, and I got other things to do, and nope, not doing that. So, yeah, there's an idea. I just spent, I only spent like 60 hours on this character. Come on, it's fun. I'm like, no, 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 no. I am not going down that rabbit hole. Not happening. So, probably smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done any gaming? I, I bet you have. I bet you found a way to manage and make it work because you're you. Um, I So this is a new development. I won a random giveaway uh, from Hexes and Warbands. It's a blog run by Amon Kushro. I'm going to butcher his last name. Uh, he's one of the co-hosts of the Path to Glory Underworlds podcast. Okay. Um, he, I believe he's also a playtester. Uh, for Underworlds, but he's one of the bigger players in the community. And I won just a random giveaway for a free code for Warhammer Underworlds Online uh, from Steam. Okay. So I've been playing a couple games on that. And How is it? It's the game, um, but from like three years ago. So what, it just has the old stuff? Yeah, it's the first six... It's the first set of warbands. Okay. Um, right now, minus the Fire Slayers and uh, Garrick's Reavers. Does it have the Gits? Not yet. The, okay. this, that's I how, couldn't remember what series that was from because that's the only no, one I really played. Series season two. Okay. So this is all the Shadespire ones. Ah. Um. So it, for me, it's an adjustment going backwards because I like the last couple times I've played Underworlds, I've been playing like really fast dodge warbands and all these current cards. And now I'm playing with cards that I can't play with anymore because of the season rotation, which we talked about that the year in review episode. Right. Uh, But it's a very welcome challenge right now to try to adjust my thinking and play backwards. So, but the point is it's playing. You are playing. Yes. That is true. Strongly recommend it. It was a lot of fun. Certainly looking forward to playing more. Oh, um, if that type of stuff counts, um, I did find a, a free app that lets you play, <laughs> of all things, the the Dark Tower. <laughs> you know, the old Dark Tower game, like the literal, the where it has the tower in the middle from the 80s. 
Oh, yeah, we talked about that already. Yeah, I've been playing that. I play that every once in a while when I got nothing else to do because it's fun and it's easy and it literally plays exactly like the game down to where when you want to check the little things on the tower, like it takes time to get to it and you hear the ring and it has the, the noise when it's turning the little mechanism on the inside to get to that next little screen and it does it for that time and everything. I have played that. That's like the extent because uh, between school and grad school and, ha- and take, you, you know, the, the kids get kind of wonky when they get, when they can't leave the house for like two months. Like Harrison and Morgan, okay, can let at me least... fix that statement for you. Everyone gets kind of wonky when they can't leave the house for two months. Well, see, but Harrison Harrison actually just got a job for DoorDash because he's like, I'm going crazy. I need to get out of the house in this way. I can make some money. So he gets kind of paid. You should have gotten the fries too. Uh, he gets paid to do the DoorDash stuff. Um, uh, Morgan sometimes will volunteer to like just go get gas for the car if she needs to and stuff like that because she wants to get out of the house. You know, my youngest, Kira, though, is the real trooper. She's literally been out of the house twice for a grand total of maybe 40 minutes since this started. Um, and she uh, she's drawing. She's actually gotten really good at drawing in the past month. Talk about honing your skills. She's like, I got nothing to do but drawing. So she's sitting doing anime drawings like all day every day. And she's actually getting really good at it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I just don't have, I don't, there's, I don't have anyone to game with and I don't have a lot of time to game, but I have been doing, I have been writing and doing schoolwork and school's almost over for my school kids who, you know, school's almost over because my seniors are contacting me saying, I know I have a 40% in your class, which is equivalent to a zero. Uh, and they're like, um, and I know we have to have all of our work in by Wednesday. Could you give me exactly which assignments I would have to turn in to get a passing grade? So, I, you know, you know school's almost out when you get those questions. Mm-hmm. Which ones do I have to do that will be enough to pass? Oh, I, oh, I hate you sometimes. Um, all of them is the correct answer. Well, yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, we'll figure that out when we get to it. So, yeah, that's it. Um, do you have any other? I actually do. All right. What do you got? I watched John Wick 3. That movie's awesome. It took me long enough, but I finally watched it, and damn, that was good. <laughs> the horse? We didn't. Okay, that one jumped a shark a little bit. No, that was great. Um, the knife but, fight before that, and the, where they're just throwing all them. <laughs> they go, <laughs> hallway of knives i was like oh my god yeah or john just randomly killing people by slapping horses on the ass and getting him to kick people um yeah no it was great um it was a little hard to keep up with at times but uh, there was quality violence in that film okay so it's a john wick movie there's quality violence oh yeah um so no i really enjoyed it um it was a nice welcome break uh, compared to the usual uh, Let's Go Luna or Wild Kratts that oh, I watch yeah. if TV turns on. But uh, no, that's really about it as far as uh, my other. I know you've been watching a lot of oh, quote-unquote horror movies. Yeah, I don't sleep anymore. So, Do you think that this might be related? No, because I don't have horror movie dreams. In fact, I love horror movies. Okay, full disclosure. Like, anyone will be surprised by this. In high school, I was very into theater, okay? No. And I used to work with guys who were into 
but theater and special effects and makeup. Like we had Fangoria magazine. We'd go to horror movies and watch to see how they did the practical effects. Like I love that stuff. That's why I watch a lot of seventies and eighties horror stuff before CGI. Yeah, I think we talked about this. Yeah, I love that stuff. I mean, it's fantastic. But the kids were small and they can't get away from them because, you know, they live with you and they were tiny and so we couldn't watch any horror movies. And it's like we're just starting to realize they're old enough now where either they can either, like, we can either watch it in front of them or they can just go away. Like, we don't have to worry about where they are every minute. So then Heather and I started watching all these horror movies again, and then we got Shudder, and uh, we have been ha- I've been having the best time. Um, I also have been watching a lot of uh, My Hero Academia, that anime. I love that damn show. First three episodes are terrible. Like I'm like, this show's stupid, and then it starts to pick up, and I took uh, Kira to go see the movie of it, a version of uh, the second movie at the theaters, like a one-night special uh, right before the everything closed. Um if you like anime, My Hero Academia is wonderful. Oh, and also, if you do like anime, although this isn't quite anime, um, Netflix just got the entire series for Avatar The Last Airbender. And I don't mean the crappy movie. I mean the animated series from Nickelodeon. And uh, it's, well, they do have the crappy movie, too, but they've got Avatar The Last Airbender. If you've never watched that, watch it, because that's a great series. That's a great story. But yeah, so I've been watching Shudder, which means, let's see, what have I watched this week? Once again, I don't sleep, so, or I do sleep, but only like at about, I usually sleep twice, okay, this is going to sound weird, I usually sleep twice a night for 75 to 105 minutes, right around there. Um, I'm not going into details as to why, but it's about 15 minutes more or less than, a, than an hour and a half I'll get, and then I'll be up, and then if I can get back to sleep, I'll do another around 90 minutes. Um, so I just put on stuff. And like I said, Shudder has all these old... Like, I've been watching Tenabra by uh, uh, Dario Argento. Um, I think Deep Red, The Hatchet Murders might be on the table for tonight. Uh, I just watched Madman, which I never saw Madman because that came out when I was like nine. And it was like a ripoff of Friday the 13th. And it was awful, but it was so much fun to watch. Um, what else did I watch recently? I watched Hellraiser. Um, there's one called The Housewife, which, and by the way, Shudder is like 60 bucks for a year or six bucks a month. So if you want to go for the full year, it's five bucks a month. Seriously. If you like horror, they've got, they they started, and they have their own series. They've got Creepshow is really good on there. Um, but I was watching one called The Housewife, which is this really weird sort of, it really wants to be. A Dario Argento film, and it's got a really bizarre ending, and I won't go into it. There is a lot of violence and more, more nudity and uh, and um, and uh, things that go along with that than I kind of expected. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, the Void is this weird Lovecraftian sh- movie that was really cool. But then they've got all these like ghost movies. Like I watched this one called the. It was called The Witch in the Window. And uh, there's nothing super shocking, nothing super scary, but just a, a, a good, well-told sort of ghost story. Um, a couple of jump scares in it, but just some well-crafted. There's one called Daniel Isn't Real about this guy who's got an imaginary friend who might be a real friend, real imaginary friend, uh, like that no one else can see doing stuff. Man, uh, let's see. We watched all the Freddies, all the Jasons, all the Halloweens. Uh, 
I watched The Lighthouse again because that movie is really cool. Just oh, uh, I've also got Mandy and the Colorado Space coming up. I, I, I'm hesitating on Mandy because it's it's Nicolas Cage and it's something that is supposed to be so flipping over the top that it's just supposed to be just all insanity. And I'm like, oh, that's right up my alley. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been doing, overloading on that stuff when I can't sleep, just to try to get. Uh, Oh, yeah. What else? They just put on. Oh, they just put on Blood Feast by Herschel Gordon Lewis. And if you've never seen Blood Feast, I think it's 1967. It's one of the first really gore splatter films. This rich woman and her socialite friends hire this weirdo to do an Egyptian feast because they want to do a special sort of party. And everybody's party's got to do outdo each other. Well, this guy's going to do this Egyptian feast, but he's trying to raise some Egyptian god of the dead or something like that. So he actually starts killing people and using their body parts to make the Egyptian feast. And it's gross and it's dumb and it's just wonderfully bad. And I love it. Uh, And that just came on to Shudder. So I will be watching that soon because I haven't seen that since... Oh, uh, 1988? Yeah, 1988. So I'm going to be watching that one again soon. But that's all of my other. And if you love horror movies, trust me, I know what I'm talking about. This stuff's good. If you don't like horror movies, then you can just speed past the toolbox for the next, or the other for the next couple of episodes, because boy, oh boy. So how was that? Um... Hey, intro, toolbox, everything hitting 30 minutes. Uh, you know how that is? That's time for break. Let's just make it a short one. Of course. Right, folks, Chaos Org Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back talking about the hot topic of the Fire Slayers at War. I see what you did there. Yeah. Hot topic. That's a that's a fun story. You could buy lots of cool shirts. No. What? No. I mean it is, but no. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. I have to yell at my son. You better shut up. He's making fun of me for saying Hot Topic has cool shirts. Like he doesn't even, he only hears half a conversation and he chimes in. It anytime I'm on the phone he does this. It drives road or baddie. He's like, Does he always do that? I'm like, Yep. I'm sorry I ignited something. <laughs> Just a little something though. Don't worry about it. All right. Let's jump into this. With both feet. And uh mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, let's do this. And okay. we don't get tossed. So, um, <laughs> should we start yeah. with the battle traits? Is this what we're going to do? Kind of go through the basics? Yeah, we probably should. Um, and as you might expect, it has a short list of battle traits. It only has two. Which is so weird considering some of these other armies. Like, I mean, and I'm not complaining, but seriously, there's not that many things here. It's like, wow, this isn't complicated with 17 different options and 32 different mixes of options and and uh, short list. And that's okay. All right. So Urgold runes. Yeah. So this is the most complicated of their system. So you have six Urgold runes that you can activate and you can only use each rune once per game. So at the start of your hero phase, you pick one of these runes you haven't used and roll a die. On a one to five, you get its basic effect. On a six, you get its boosted effect in addition. Then once you use it, you can't use it again. Because you used up the power of the rune. You've burned out that bit of Urgold from it. Correct. Um, And then you cannot use two runes in the same turn. That's that's it. Um, I know I'm saying that that's it. I'm just explaining the mechanic. But you have six. So there's always going to be one you're not going to use. But you have a rune for almost any given situation. Yeah. I mean, all right, let's run through them real quick. And then just what's great about this is no matter which what style you play what no matter what 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 uh you know group what lodge you play um some something for i mean they're all pretty they're all kind of good something's going to work and some things are going to work better or worse depending on what you pick but let's see uh let's run through this real quick rune of fury reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made by friendly fire slayer units and it's just attacks so it's all attacks mhm okay uh units mounts everything right Yes. So re-rolling hit rolls of one, and that happens no matter what. If you roll a six, then you get plus one attack upon your melee weapons, too. Mm-hmm. So re-roll ones to attack, possibly an extra attack. Not bad. Take that. You want to take the next one? We'll just jump back and forth between these? Sure. Uh, so searing heat. So if the unmodified wound roll for an attack made by a friendly fire slayer's unit is a six... You add one to the damage characteristic. So that's cool. You're going to roll a lot of dice. You might roll a lot of sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the enhanced is you roll a die for each enemy unit within three inches of any friendly fire slayer's unit. When this rune is activated on a two up, that unit takes a mortal wound. Just a little gravy. Nothing yeah. nothing world shattering, but a little gravy. Very short range. <laughs> yep. Awaken Steel. Plus one rend for melee weapons. Uh, if you roll a six, it's actually plus two rend for melee weapons. That's <laughs> uh, it, the the great thing is if you're a decent player and you can sort of balance out what to use when this stuff can be devastating. If if yeah. if you use it at the right time, if you pick the right rune at the right time, there is a timing. Um, in these runes, not only you could use it offensively, but you can also use it uh, defensively to make your opponent decide that they may not do what they were going to do because you're now souped up to be ready for it. Yeah, souped up. What's the next one? 
the rune of fiery determination. So you add one to the bravery characteristic of friendly fire slayers units. And the enhanced is you just don't take battle shock for friendly fire slayer units. And one round, one full turn where you don't have to take that is great. Well, that could potentially be three. Yeah, because if you get double turned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. Let's see what else. Uh, Relentless Zeal, plus two movement uh, for Fire Slayer units. And if you roll a six, you also get plus two to your charge rolls. Yes. That's actually not a bad one. especially, And that's one that you could probably use kind of in the beginning of the game if you need to move and you don't want to use the other ones right away. Just to get yeah. that extra movement on. Or, you know, if you don't go first and they're coming towards you, that'll even help more. But the plus two to move and then possibly plus two to charge, I mean, they don't move that fast. So a four-inch possible bonus to your to your total Threat movement range, yeah. is, yeah. I mean, because what do they move, four inches? Yeah, they're very dangerous over short distances. <laughs> Natural sprinters. Yes, that is exactly what this is. <laughs> and what else? Uh, the last one is the Rune of Farsight. Um, I, this one's bad. Uh, this, you yeah. get to add one to hit rolls for attacks made by fire seal throwing axes. Um, they hit on fives. So now you hit on fours. Great. Um, and then if you roll the enhanced effect, you add one to wound rolls. Made by fire, steel, throwing axes. So this is probably the one, unless you've got an army based around fire, steel, throwing axes, this is the one of the five you're not using. Or the one of the six that you're not using in your five-round battle. This one or fiery determination um, are like the bubble. You'll probably use determination more than farsight. So it just depends. And again... You have to pick the right rune for the right moment. Um, so. Yep. Yeah. And then you've got lodges, which means you can pick a lodge, which is just like picking a, any other, you know. If, if you want to pick a lodge, that's uh, like picking a, a Stormcast uh, cha- chapter. Or cha- what do they call them? Stormhost. Stormhost. There you go. Same thing. You can be Vostard, Grave, Vostark, Greyfeard, Hrimdar, or Lofnir, and they all come with their own special bonuses. But then you have to take, you know, the things that they tell you to take. We'll get Correct. to them. Um, and that's it. That is it. That's it for the allegiance abilities. Yeah. Not only do you have a low unit count, but your rules are. You know, honestly, you have somebody who's new to the game. As I'm thinking about this, this particular army is a nice, maybe beginner's army, mm-hmm. because you don't have a thousand moving parts. It's, yeah. You've only got a couple of special rules. You've only got a couple of this. You, uh, you only got a couple of units. And, you know, you keep them, you teach them, that'll help to keep, to teach, uh, teach the new player to keep things in their nice little bubbles and their effective threat ranges and stuff. And uh, once they get that, you can go to stuff more complicated. Yeah, and that's really what it is with this army is you have to keep your bubbles because um, auras are a huge diff- are a huge deal in this army. This is, that's like the only big thing about these guys. Mm-hmm. So um, now for all their shortcomings, they do have 
quite a list of artifacts and command traits. They do, but that's because different... Well, the, 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 the army is mostly heroes, which I suppose is appropriate, everything being equal. Um, so different types of heroes can take different things. Uh, let's talk about basic command traits. Rune fathers and rune sons. Okay, they have some traits, and rune masters and rune smiters have different command traits. For the rune fathers and the rune sons, I'm looking through this list. Um, I kind of feel almost like I'd want to take Spirit of Grimnir. Seems like the, the command trait that I would kind of roll to, which is if the general's on the field when you roll for your rune, uh, you get the enhancement on a 5-up instead of just on a 6 um, the rest of this stuff is, I mean, maybe Fury of the Fire Slayers plus one to charge for units wholly within 18 inches of the general. Yeah. Those and are, chances are your general's going to be on a magma drop. Yeah. So that is a much bigger bubble than like a 32 millimeter base. Um, is there the anything other t- in here I missed? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Iron Will of the Guardian. So that one is plus your add one to your save. Um, so going from a four up to a three up, uh, you could combine that with an ethereal amulet, but it doesn't work because it's a modifier. So oh, cool. it doesn't really work that way. Um, but like there are some other things that you could um, use uh, that would be good combos with that, and especially when we get to the magma droth traits. Um, you can actually make a really tanky character on a Magma Droth. Cool. Um, let's see. Uh, Magmic Empowerment. Now, this is for Rune Masters and masters Rune Smiters. And smiters, if you went that route. Um, which, if, I don't know if I would. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this... Now, the you have to command traits you have to give to your general, right? Yes. So yeah, you're going to pick one of these guys over a rune father or a rune son. I mean, if you do, you can give them D3 additional command points. Um you know what? That master priest where you can activate an Urgold rune that has already been activated is actually kind of cool. Or knowing two prayers isn't too bad either. But then you've got to have a non I mean, you could have a Rune Master on a Magma Droth. No. Oh, you can, who, who else can go on a Magma Droth between a Rune Son and a, and a Rune Father? There's a Rune Smiter on a Magma Droth. Oh, okay, but you know, one of these guys can still be on a Magma Droth. One of these two. I, I just picked the wrong one. Yeah, the Smiter can go on a Magma Droth. Um, the Rune Master is the guy without the mustache. Oh, that's right. Ugh. See? Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. So maybe you don't take it, but if you were going to take it, those would be the ones that I, those would be the ones that I would take it. Yeah, the big thing is that just if you take a rune master as your general, it changes your battle line requirements um, to Auric Hearthguard, right? And Volkite Berserkers. So that would really be the only reason I would consider taking one of those as my general. But there's a lot of options. So okay, uh, let's see if we want artifacts of power. Uh, rune fathers and rune sons. Um, 
I like the Magmalt Ale. I'm not certain how great it is, and it's a once per battle, which I know always they are always. Uh, I hate ones for battle things because if if you you know it, a lot of these things work all the time, and then you pick something that only works once. It even though it could be really cool, it's one of those things that oh my goodness might not be. Um, mm-hmm. The Drake Slayer is actually uh, I think in theory a cool one. It's another okay. I'm sorry, uh, Magmalt Ale. Once per battle, start of the combat phase. Drink the potion. Double your attack characteristics of all the melee weapons that they have. That's kind of cool. Drake Slayer. Yeah, but it's just the writer if it's on a magma drop. Oh, that's true. Drake Slayer, once per battle in the shooting phase, instead of making an attack with the throwing axe, you can say they're throwing the Drake Slayer. Pick an enemy monster and roll a die. Oh, see, no, that's one die, and on a six, it, yeah, see, that's so. So then you have to start looking at what's the more consistent things. Yeah. Uh, the glow helm. So. Start of your hero phase, roll a die if the bear is on the battlefield, and on a four up, you get an extra command point. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Command points are good. Uh, and then the shimmering blade. So you get to pick one of the bear's melee weapons, improve the rend by one, and then if you roll an unmodified six to hit for an attack roll, the damage characteristic gets bumped by one. That's cool. Yeah, especially with the Latchkey Grand Axe, that thing is damage three natively, so potentially going to damage four, and then if you stack that with the rune of Searing Heat, you can get it up to damage five. Okay. If you do a six by a six, so. Interesting. Well, at least you could do something with it. Like, it could be cool. Yeah. No, it really can. All right. Uh, all right. Well, then what else do we got? We've got... Okay. Now, this only goes on Grimwrath Berserkers or Doom Seekers. Mm-hmm. Um, once per battle, reroll hit and wound rolls. Uh, that's their Blazing Fury. Um, that's pretty cool. Otherwise, they've got like one that uh, does two hits instead of one if you attack a monster. So you mm-hmm. get you you do one attack, you hit it, but then you get to get roll two wound rolls. Right. Um, and then plus one to save. Um, yeah, so it gets them down to a three up. Yeah. In addition to the shrug save that they get if it's a Grimwrath, so. If you're going to be using them for their job, which is to go into the thick of things and stand there, getting oh, okay. a three-up save on this guy is not the worst thing you could do. That is true. Hmm. Um. What else do we have here? Oh, artifacts for the Rune Masters and the Rune Smiters. Uh, you know, the five-up uh, ward save for wounds and mortals is never bad. Um, double down on your magmic invocations. That's actually not bad. Um, attempt to unbind an extra the two spells instead of one. This actually they've actually got some pretty cool things. If the enemy fails a battle shock test within twelve inches of the dude, add D three to the number of models that flee. If you have a rune smiter on a magma droth, that's a big range. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mean, so many people nowadays are, just don't take Battleshock. It's kind of a joke. But that's not bad, I guess. Um, yep. you know, there's a, I mean, there's a few things on there that aren't bad. There is a nasty little surprise in here if you're playing Lofnir, okay. which is one of the lodges we'll talk about. Uh, the Droth Helm. Okay. With Lofnir, you get to take a Magma Droth trade for every Magma Droth in your army. Oh, that's right. And you can take a fifth Magma Droth if all of your monsters are Magma Droths. So you set this up, suddenly all of those Magma Droths are rerolling their hit rolls for their claws and horns. Okay, that isn't bad. Uh, you got one guy, you got a Rune Smiter in the middle on a Magma Droth, mm-hmm. and you got all these other ones that are just, just within six. And suddenly you're re- Oh, that's not bad. Hmm. Yeah. But in order to get this, you have to take a battalion because of how the lodges work. So. Oh, okay. Um, is there any of the icons any good for Battlesmiths? Uh, yeah, the Null City and Icon uh, is pretty cool. So, every time a Fire Slayer's unit holy within 12 of the bear is affected by a spell or endless spell, you roll a die and on a fork, you ignore it. Okay, and you can roll a die. So, if it's good, you don't have to ignore it. But if you don't like it, you can... Correct. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and then, bumping the Icon's... The Icon of the Ancestors, it's like the Icon of Grimnir and None Shall Defile the Icon is 18 inches instead of 12. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Just because you have to be like wholly within the ranges and Fire Slayers are on 32 millimeter bases. So even though they are low to the ground, they take up much more room than an average dispossessed unit. So Okay. And then you can take traits for your magma droths um they've got the similar one to the uh one i like to take on dracoths uh the fire claw adult uh if you you roll a wound roll of six it's rend three so i like i always like that because suddenly rend three suddenly your enemy's like wait what happened just now yep 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 uh, you had a you had a four up save. Now you have no save. You had a three up save. Now you got sixes. It's like oh, that's beautiful. Um, I also like the uh, the flame scale. You roll a charge, pick a unit within an inch of this model. Roll a number of dice equal to the charge roll. So you could get a bunch of dice, and for every six, you get a mortal wound. It's not that great. You're only going to average one or two mortal wounds unless you get lucky. I mean, how many times have you just oh Yahtzee? You know, you it can happen. Yeah, and this combines really well with the uh, Rune Sun on Magma Droth's command ability, which also does Mortal Wounds on the charge. Ooh, nice. Uh, the other two big ones on here are the Ancient Ones. So, Coalheart, you get to worsen the Ren characteristic of weapons that target this model by one to a minimum of one. To a minimum of So, you have... To a minimum yeah. of zero. To a minimum of zero, sorry. I can't read. So basically you can ignore Rend 1 against him. Yes. But everybody and else can drop if you have a three-up save because you took the command trait, you now have your Magma Droth trait 
that says you ignore rend, you reduce rend by one. And then if you take an artifact to either further bump your defense or whatever, you can easily get down to a two up or a rerollable save or something silly just based on the realm artifacts. I like silly. Yes. Cheesy combo. Yep. And then the other one I like on here, because when we talk about it, I really like the Lofnir Lodge because you get to play with a lot of Magma Droths. Um, the Ashhorn, you get to reroll save rolls of one for uh, this model and friendly Magma Droths within six inches of it. The Ashhorn? Yeah. You know what happens when those things die? They get buried in an ash hole. Wow. Uh, just dead Zardrin's- silence? Dead silence. Not even a groan. Good gravy. Okay. Yeah. I see. I see. All right. <laughs> so this is where we're at. Okay. No. Yeah, it was that bad. So, uh, prayers. This is new to Fire Slayers uh, with this book is that they're priests, and there are a lot of them, uh, they get an additional prayer. And regardless of how many priests know specific prayer, it can only be cast once. So. So, it can only be, so, not, and not, is it cast or is it attempted? Each Zargon blessing can only be chanted once per turn. Okay. So one okay. So if, if more than one guy has it, there's really no benefit unless you're just trying to make sure that if one of them dies, you you got some redundancy. Correct. Okay. Um. Now, this is. Hold on. Let me just make sure I'm reading this right. In addition to any other prayers, they can know one blessing. You can. So this this is not like uh, the. Uh, the artifacts like this is not something you get to pick one and get extras if you have battalions this is just every guy knows one every priest knows one it's just like a wizard with a spell lore okay just making sure i got that right mm-hmm. so okay which okay i don't uh, most of these are on a one to two nothing happens on a three up it happens where where what what inspires you alex searing heat Okay. Uh, so that one, you get to pick an enemy unit within 18 inches of the priest, and you subtract one from hit rolls uh, for attacks made by that unit until your next hero phase. That could That's be. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Prayer of Ash, so you get to pick a friendly unit wholly within 18, and on a four-up, you add one to their save rolls, which is pretty cool. Okay. Oh, that's the one. That is the one that... Uh, yeah. Everything else is threes except that one, right? Yeah, it's the only four. Okay. And for good reason. That's a big ability. Yeah. Uh, Ember Storm. You're going to notice I'm going to say almost all of these. Um, (laughs) On a three up, you pick a unit of Berserkers. So that's Vulkites or Hearthguards. Holy within 18 inches of the priest. And they can run and charge. Nice. So we talked about the plus two movement. We talked about the command trait that gives you bonuses to charge. That all cycles in nicely into this. Um, and that's really it. Those are the three big ones. Uh, the other ones are that's cool. That's not almost all of them. You lied. That's only half. 
I mean, to be fair, that's some of them, but that's really not. I think you exaggerated. Gilded claws uh, is if you're going to go Lofnir because you have a lot of magma droths. So, okay. uh, but the prayer of Grimnir's furry, furry. Yep, accurate. Uh, ah! Grimnir's fury. Uh, you get to pick a hero that isn't on a magma droth, and they get to pile in and fight. Eh. Good. If it's a doom, if it's a Grimwrath, sure. That's yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, because otherwise, why are you going to have them on foot? Because you're gonna you're you're running all your magma droths. So, pretty much, um, the molten infusion is cool if you're going to be running a lot of magmic invocations. So that's the endless prayers. Um, they don't have to roll to see if they blow up. Okay. So, I mean, that's cool if you're going to go that route, or if you're really kind of linchpinning on having one of the magma invocations. All right. So, I'm just looking forward, I'm just flipping ahead to the magma invocations. So, okay. It's on the next page. Oh. Oh, that's... Wait, What? Yeah, so the next thing is the Magmic Invocations, which is their version of the Endless Prayers. Oh, right. No, I was flipping to go see those. Actually, that's what I meant. I'm like, it's not on the next page. It's like on page 86. There is a rule on here uh, for temperamental nature that isn't on the actual War Scroll. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so for this one, at the end of each battle round, you have to see if if the Invocation... Uh, blows up essentially. Um, so you get to roll a die and add one to the roll if you have any friendly priest, any friendly fire slayers priest within six inches of the invocation. And on a one to three, that invocation is removed. So essentially, on a four up, it stays on the table. And you add one if you have a priest nearby. So on a three up, it'll stay on the table. There's some other interesting rules here, like stuff that I don't I don't remember seeing in some of the other some of the other. Um, a lot the, of these the are in the rules for endless spells, but because these are endless prayers, they have to recap all those rules. And they do the weird. Okay, to. they do the weird thing again, where they say that you can literally have more than one in your army. But then it says later that you can only ever like you you have to have that many to cast. Like if you've got two, you, you'd ha- if you want to have two on the table, you have to have two of them. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Uh, later on, it says you can only have ever have one, right? In, In my- a pitched battle. Oh, so if you're Hashtag not playing three ways to play, so if you're not playing pitched battle, you could literally take. And buy multiple of the same magmic invocation and just start littering the field with those dumb things. Gotcha. Um, also, friendly fire slayer priests, which is what a lot of these things say. Your enemy, if you're playing fire slayers on fire slayers, your enemy counts as a friendly priest. Because fire slayers are all from the same race, from the same people, and so these spells all... It's that I think I I like that. That's an interesting thing that it doesn't pop up with other armies. No, no. So when you're saying is it's like the ability of that invocation, specifically the flame spitter. Uh huh. Is what a, it's talking about. So yeah. it doesn't 
it's not like you can use an enemy priest to keep the prayer to keep the invocation alive. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, it, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I get that. But if you're playing it and your enemy are fire slayers, they can use the ability on that thing on their turn because every fire yeah, slayer is a friendly fire slayer. Yeah, which I thought was cool because I don't remember reading that in any of the other armies. Yeah, well, these are not like endless spells that are predatory. Each of the players can bounce around unless you're uh, bone reapers, right? So this is their version of bouncing around. Okay. All right. Uh, shall we talk about the pizza oven? Yes. All right. The Magmic Battle Forge. I'm going to call it by its right name here while we're talking about it. Although it kind of does look... I mean, I get where people say it looks like... Look, this should have looked more like a regular forge. Like a or fancy forge or just... A giant open dwarf mouth looks... Okay. Okay. I'm not... Hey. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So you can have one of these after the armies are set up, before the battle begins. You can put it down within six inches of a friendly fire slayer priest, wholly within your territory, more than one inch from other terrain features. So there you go. You put it down. What does it do? Um, this is... Uh, okay. So basically, it, uh, the rule for this is actually kind of cool, at least following the lore-wise. It's kind of cool. Start mm-hmm. of the hero phase... You got one priest within six inches of it can control the energies. If you do so until the end of the phase, add one to prayer rolls for friendly priest within 18. So as long as one guy's within six, everybody within 18, all the priests within 18 get a plus uh, one to their prayer rolls. So all these prayers that uh, you need to roll a three or better, now they're working on twos or better. And the, well, the mm-hmm. one is working on a three. But So that's actually really good. Um, but once per battle, you can do something different. Um, start of the hero phase, you got a fire slayer priest within six inch of it. You could just basically burn the thing. You could just burn up all the energy in it. If you do so until the start of your next hero phase, reroll save rolls of one for units, all friendly fire slayer units on the battlefield. However, for the rest of the game, you can't use the forge. So... You get plus one to prayers basically every turn, but if you really want to just go crazy with the cheese whiz, you you know during a crucial turn you can just burn the whole thing and then you can reroll save rolls of one for that until the, your next hero phase. Once again, if you're going first, <laughs> you get double turned. You're rerolling save rolls of one for three turns or three player turns. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of like the boosting prayers aspect of it because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still within 18 inches. That's sort of the problem. You want to get this thing. You're not putting this thing on the back of the battlefield. You're trying to get this thing as close to the center line as possible to expand your uh, your range as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, the big thing is that this goes down after armies are deployed. Uh, most terrain goes down before, like the boats or the... Uh, Bone Tithe Nexus. Right. Those all are pre. This is post. So your opponent doesn't necessarily know where you're setting up. You just have to be cognizant of how big this thing is and leave yourself a hole for it. You got to leave a space and it's got to be placed within six inches of a priest. Yeah. Not wholly. No, but but within within six. You got to have your priest sort of. 
If, you, if you've only got one priest or you clump them all together, your opponent's going to know where the forge is going, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Of course, so, I, I, so few people play this. Like, Who's going to be ready for that? I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Should we take a break? Uh, I guess. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> or do you want a quick talk? I mean, I just keep feeling like there's not that much to, to, to talk about, but... Do we want to go through the lodges quick, or do we want to take a break? Uh, How about we take a break? Okay. Um, and then we'll... Because we'll do the lodges and battalions, and then the war scrolls. Gotcha. Okay, let's do that. All right, we'll be back. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we're back. Here we are, right here, right now, talking Fire Slayers. Whoa, we've talked about their, all the cool special abilities. Let's talk about the lodges. Um, shall we just go in book order? You said you really like Vostar, right? Or did you say you like Lofnir? I like Lofnir and Greyfeard. Those are my two preferences. Well, then I'll take the other one because I don't really care about any of them. Like, I mean, not that I don't care, but you know what I mean. Like, I'll, Tell us how you really feel, Dave. I, 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 okay. I love Dwarden. I love Dwarves. Gotrek Gurnison is the coolest character in this stupid game, as well as Bugmen and the White Dwarf. I mean, they're just dwarves are are, are awesome. Um, I, I want to love this army so bad. I want to love Caradron Overlord so bad. They kind of suffer. Well, I just God, it's so samey. It drives me insane, and I could not. And for a guy who painted uh, two hundred and some odd zombies. All of these little fat, fleshy dwarves painting them all the same with the little gold gold stuff stamped on them. Oh, I, I don't. I love the lore. I want to love this army, but I just cannot get into it for the life of me. And I don't know why I'm so stuck on playing these death armies, other than they're easy to paint. But I just well, fire slayers are also easy to paint because um, oh, contrast is a thing. That is true. That is true. Don't talk to me about no. Don't do that to me because I promised Harrison I'd buy him some. I'd, I'd buy him the 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 disappointing elves. So um. okay. So, but no, no. Hang on, we can talk. This is okay. We're good. Okay, I got you, boo. <laughs> All right. 
go. Oh, okay. I'm no, no, no. Okay, you said we could talk. I thought you were. I thought you had some, uh, no, some no, we'll pearls of wisdom to drop. Ready. All right, here we go. Uh, if you're going to be Vostarg, okay, you choose this group and uh, your commit, your special ability plus one to charge. In addition, in your movement phase in the first battle round, if you declare they were going to run, you just automatically add six. So if you run on the first turn, you get automatically. Well, you're running ten inches because you get your four inch movement. If you take that special ability oh wow if you what if you take that special ability on the first turn or that uh, one so then one. you're moving 12 then you're moving 12 and you and can you get plus one to charge and you can still charge because you can can you run in charge that's the command trait for vostarg that is oh. that friendly vostarg units hold you in 12 of the general at the start of your movement phase can run in charge uh, see i thought that's okay so that's actually I was right. You could use that on the first turn, so suddenly you can run 12 and charge up to 13. So you have a 25-inch strike range with Vostarg on turn one if you if you get some a decent charge roll. Well, you have to be within 12 to charge something. So well, 13, but still, oh, that's right. So Yeah, okay, you're right. So it's 12-inch th- plus one to charge roll. It's still roll. maximum 24-inch threat. Um, however, if you get the enhanced version of... The plus two movement rune that gives you plus two move to your charges. So you're now plus three oh, plus wow. the 12 inch move turn one. Uh, see, that's not bad. Like and I said, if so you want to just new battle plans, you're only 18 inches away. Oh, see? If so you really want to get stuck in, if you're going like just fat unit heavy. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see what else. Uh, you have to have this command trait, so you lose the other command traits. So, okay, can you, you know, but you can, all right, so you lose those, uh, friendly Vostar units within 12 inches of this model, the general, at the start of the movement phase can run and charge later in the same turn. Wait, that's the command trait. Yes. Oh, that's what you were talking about. I'm reading the wrong darn thing. Okay, I'm an yep. idiot. I'm sorry. Yep. My kids are in the other room, and they are so loud, I've actually had to tell them to be quiet, because even though these mics don't pick up that much outside of where I'm talking, I, I can hear them over the headphones I'm wearing to listen to you, so I got distracted, and I apologize to the audience for any distraction, because that's you know that's that's unnecessary. So you have to take this command ability. We didn't talk about this yet, so um, pick a hero. Until the end of the phase, plus one to hit rolls for attacks made by that hero and friendly units of Berserkers, Volkite, or Hearthguard wholly within 12 inches of that hero. Uh, that's not bad. Plus yeah. one to hit for the hero and unit. Once again, if you went fat unit heavy and you all rushed up and charged, that command ability could be good. No, it's not could be good. It is. <laughs> uh, because that is a big bubble. And, again, Magma Droth character, we're making the assumption, um, you spin that sideways on a Tokyo Drift, um, he's going to be in there because of the combination of just the Magma Droth's increased movement, just by being a Magma Droth, and then you have the runes and then the lodge ability. So, like, you have a lot of ways to boost this. So, you do the Tokyo Drift... And then suddenly most of you guys are hitting on twos. Twos, yeah, because Volkites, well, even Auric, uh, Hearthguard, these guys all hit on threes. Yeah, the Hearthguard Berserkers and them. So, like, 
you can definitely get a lot out of that. And then if you take Fuel Grimnir and the Chosen Axes, uh, you can add plus two. Because his commandability is the same thing, but different. So they, but don't you still miss on ones? But oh, but if someone throws a minus to hit on your guys, mm-hmm. you can negate that and still be hitting on twos, even because you went down to ones. Nice. Uh, what else is left? The artifact of power. Uh, you have to pick this. This has to be the first artifact you give out. So if you only give out one, it has to have include this one. At the start of the battle, pick one of the bear's melee weapons. Improve the rend by one. Unmodified hit rolls of six is also plus one damage. That's not bad. No. I mean, if you're gonna go if you're gonna go unit heavy, this could be a pretty Vostar could be a good one to pick. Am I correct? Yeah. Cause the, yeah, and that follows the lore because they are the they are the, the most numerous, right? Mm-hmm. So you go in with your just bulk, and that could be not bad. All right. Yeah. What about the Greyfeard? Uh so these guys, the heroes are really the talking points to the Greyfeard. Um, okay. because they have so much extra treasure in their trove. Uh, you get to choose two additional Great Feared heroes to get artifacts of power. So this, like, normally you'd be kind of, like, stuck with the one artifact from your lodge unless you took a battalion. Well, this you get two extra for free, so you get three artifacts to start the game. Hmm. One of which has to be the Helm of Obsidia. Okay. Which is... Just fine, and we'll go over that real quick. Uh, add plus two wounds to the character that's wearing it. That's that's not that bad. Is, that's not bad at all. Uh, so then they have their command trait uh, for the general is you add one of the attacks characteristic of this general's melee weapons while they are, while there are five or more enemy models than three of this general. So. He wants to get stuck in against the hordes. Um, they'll probably get that latchkey grand X up to three attacks at least, mm-hmm. or up to four attacks at least. So potential twelve damage, uh, just depending if he can hit. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then the command ability. This one's weird. Um, it's, it's only expert- weird because it can only be used for guys who aren't on magma Droths, and you're going to have it. Well, I mean, this is not necessarily the Magmadroth army, per se, or, this, or, or Lodge, no, I should say. This one will say. probably have maybe one or two Magmadroths if you do Greyfeard. This is the one where if you took a, if you like, a, what do you call them, Grimrath Berserkers. Okay. Uh, this is where you can go crazy with the Cheese Whiz. Um, so, you can use this command ability in the combat phase when a Greyfeard hero um, is picked to fight... Other friendly heroes that are not on Magma Droths and within three inches of that hero can immediately fight after before your opponent gets to pick a unit to fight with. So this is if you're running a like triple of Grimrath Berserkers, you use this command ability, suddenly all three of them go essentially at once. And if you have artifacts of power on each one of them. Exactly. Because that's, that's the combo. I was and I was thinking about this myself, which is um, 
This reminds me a lot of that uh, when I was playing against Corn, and they had all the bloodthirsters that get all to attack at one time. Mm. I was like, once one attacks, they all attack. I was like, oh, that's so annoying. This this could be just as annoying if you get a couple of, of, of just fighty guys in there, and it's like suddenly they're they're just chewing through <laughs> through uh, through yeah. grunts. The only catch is it's dwarves. Well, that aren't on magma droths. Yeah. That don't fly. That only move four inches. So it looks really cool until you apply distance. So. Well, you but know, the rest of it makes though. up for this. But when if you play this and it goes off, it's awesome. Cool. Um, all right. So let's jump to Hermdar. Hermdar, uh, units wholly within enemy territory or within 12 inches of an objective don't take battle shock. That's pretty cool. Once That's you're in, once you're bananas. stuck in with, Yeah, once you're stuck in in the enemy territory or you're near that thing, these are these are these are the they don't run. These are like long beards. They're just like, "Nope, we're sticking." I like that. Uh, command ability, start of the combat phase, pick one unit of Volkite Berserkers or one unit of Hearthguard Berserkers wholly within 12 inches of a hero. They start. They fight at the start of the combat phase before anyone picks any other unit. So if it's your turn, use, use the command ability at the start of the combat phase. Can yep. I use it at the start of my opponent's combat phase? It is the combat phase. Okay, so if so- you get charged... You spend a command point and say, okay, these guys are going to fight. Right, and they fight before. Any- so if it's my turn, I can use this command ability, have them fight, and then still pick my normal first fighty unit. Yeah. But if it's my opponent and he gets on me, I can sort of jump the gun on him. Not not bad. That's No, 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 no. That, that That's that's bananas. <laughs> it's that good? It Okay, so it's the activation wars. Right. All over again. This is something that can actually participate in it, except it's a unit of 20 Hearthguard Berserkers with mortal wound axes that just get dumb. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, no, pretty so, good. Yeah, okay. So then, uh, let's see. The command trait, minus one to wound rolls that target the general and any friendly units wholly within 12 inches. Not bad. Um, because it just says for attacks, so it's everything, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then uh, artifact of power, once again, uh, pick a melee weapon, reroll wound rolls for attacks made with that weapon that target an enemy hero. Also, if the unmodified hit roll for targeting that hero is a six, it does a mortal wound on top of its regular damage. So not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, but the ability, command trait, and command ability are really where Hermdar is. Like, yeah, let's go. Not bad. Okay. So, I mean, none of these have so far have been bad. I mean, it depends on how you want to play, I guess. Um, yeah. So let's go with your Lofnir, because I know you're excited about that. You have no idea. Um so, this one is the Magmadroth Lodge. So, every Magmadroth in a Lofnir army can get a Magmadroth trait instead of one 
Uh, it's normally working like mount traits where you get one, and then if you take a battalion, you get an extra one. No, no, this one just says, no, no, everybody gets a Magnodroth trait, which is cool. And in addition, if you're playing pitch battle, you get an additional behemoth uh, option for your army as long as every behemoth in your army is a Magmadroth. So you can take up to five Magmadroths is what this is saying. Nice. So if you like Magmadroths, uh, which I do, because I think they're awesome looking. Um, let's see. So their command ability is Torrent of Magma. Uh, you get to use this command ability in your shooting phase. And if you do, pick an enemy unit within 12 inches of a Lofnir Priest. And until the end of that phase, add one to hit and wound rolls for attacks made with Magma Pikes by friendly units that target them and you cannot pick the same unit more than once per phase. So the Magma Pike is on the Auric Hearthguard, so it's the shooty ones. Okay. So, it's pretty gnarly uh, if you do it, but it the issue I have with it is, is they don't necessarily jive with Magma Droths. Um, but we'll come back to that. Um, explosive Charge is the command trait, so you get to add one to charge rolls for friendly Lofnir Magma Droths within 12 of the general. And then the first artifact you have to take is silly. Um, essentially, it's a six-up ignore wound save. Either uh-huh. wounds or mortal wounds. They just ignore it on a six. Not a five, a six. Okay. This one is not the most competitive of them, but you're playing with four or five magma drafts, so it's just, <laughs> it's just hella cool. Okay. This is one of those that you could do with four-star collecting boxes, and that's about 2,000 points. Well, you wouldn't have five Magma Dross, then. You'd have four and 40 Berserkers, plus a battalion and two other characters on foot. Yeah. Well, and technically, wouldn't you have four other characters on foot? Well, you can only take up to six. Right, I'm just saying you'd have them though. Like to, you, you'd have a little. You'd, you'd have eight, right? Because you could you, know, you could sort of switch around stuff, yeah, and do some customization, kit bashing. Hmm. Yeah, this is why I was like, you could totally do this and still do the disappointing else. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass. But right now, I think I well, maybe I would. Uh, and then it's only forty six models. It's not bad at all. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I told you we'd talk. Anyway. Okay. So, do we want to talk about battalions? Yeah, let's do this, man. This another short one. I see what um, you did there. Do we want to talk about the Grand Feared? Because it ain't ever going to happen. Why will it never happen? Is it just too many points and nobody plays that way? Or? It's four battalions. Not including everything in the battalions. Uh, oh, well, you know what? You never know. Okay, fine. So, because, well, look, if there's people who are collectors, like I said, I can yeah. play. I can play the Grand uh, Night Haunt Battalion, the Procession. That's right. Five thousand okay. points, baby. All right. So if you're gonna go, and sure. Well, you uh, know, should we talk about this one last because it actually yeah. makes sense when we talk about the other ones? Sure. All right. So they've got three battalions. And why don't we do it this way so that way I can actually pitch in because, once again, I'm just kind of doing this thing here. Um, 
I'll, I'll kind of read the rules, and you could tell us how awesome or not awesome they are. How's that sound? Sure. All right. Lords of the Lodge. This is one of those uh, battalions where it's just a lot of characters. A rune father, a rune master, a battlesmith. Oh, and one unit of Hearthguard Berserkers. So it's not just all the characters. Okay, so you got three characters and uh, a unit of Berserkers. On this, if the unit of the Berserkers is within 12 inches of one of these heroes at the start of the combat phase, then after they have fought, when it's your turn to pick a unit to fight with later in the same phase, you can fight with them again. That's pretty cool. So you get to fight twice with that with that unit, basically. Yeah. But in your turn, if you're playing Hermdar, you fight with them twice consecutively. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me go back to that. Hold on. Uh-huh. Because if I'm playing Hermdar, because I just... Um, Oh, I can use a command ability, fight with them before yeah, anything else. command point. Okay. And then you get to fight with them again. Nice. Yeah, and it requires you being within to- wholly within 12 inches of one of the three heroes in this battalion. So chances are you're always going to have this ability going on that unit of Hearthguard. And that's not including the bonuses that you get from having the Rune Father, the Rune Master, or the Battlesmith near them. So this is your Death Star build. That's kind of cool. Yeah, there's a reason why these guys got changed. So their unit cap is now 20 instead of 30. Oh, is that why it went down? Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So you've got one battalion that can do that, right? Oh, when it says one Orc, Rune Father, Rune Master, does, can... Um so can that with be the rune on or father, off? it's keyword. So it can be either be a rune father on a magma droth or a rune father on foot. Okay, but the rune master, oh, he and battlesmith are and only, battlesmith, available only available on foot. on foot. But okay, but so we're there in the. But that's right. Bold is keyword. So the for the next one, which is one rune sun, and three units of Volkite berserkers. The rune sun's in bold, so it can be on the magma droth. All right. So that's the warrior kinband. One rune sun, three units of berserkers. You can use the berserk fury ability for one unit from this battalion twice in the same battle if that unit's wholly within 12 inches of the rune sun from the same battalion the second time it's used. The berserk fury ability for the... uh, So this is a once per game. Before the model is removed, it attacks. Oh, okay. So you can use that twice? Yes. Nice. Okay. As long as you're within 12 inches of the, rune 12 of the rune sun. Okay, that um, one's not too bad. It's not bad. I mean, it's not good. No. But it the big thing is that it's three units plus a character. That's all your battle line. That's true. Plus the command point, plus the artifact, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not bad by any stretch. Okay. And then the last one is the Forge Brethren. Rune Smiter, on or off the... Off the big boy and three units of Auric Hearthguard. So basically, there's a battalion for each of the three, you know, infantry yeah. uh, units. Uh, this one at the start of the enemy hero phase, pick one friendly unit wholly within 18 inches of any unit of Auric Hearthguard from this battalion. If you do so, add one to save rolls for attacks that target that unit 
until the start of your next hero phase. One friendly unit, wholly within eight, 18 inches of the hearth guard. That's interesting. So they're they're running interference for another unit. Another, any other unit of mine I can pick that's within eighteen inches of them, and I get plus one to theirs to the saves for that because the these guys essentially like shoot all of their pikes to form a wall in front of you. That's the narrative behind it. Okay. So essentially, you use these guys behind your main unit. Because they just have to be within 18 inches of that friendly unit. Okay. No, that's that's cool. So you could, if you had the points to do Lords of the Lodge and Forge Brethren, you could do the Bulwark of Molten Stone on that jacked up unit of Hearthguard Berserkers, plus all the various other bonuses that we'll get into. Never mind the one prayer that adds plus one to their save, which oh, you can put guys. on a Rune Smiter. Oh, boy. You see where I'm going with this. Yes. And I also see why you said no one's going to do the Grand Feared, because I'm just saying, I'm looking at this now. So you'd have to have one Lord of the Lodge. So you got three characters and one unit of Berserkers. you got to have a Forge Brethren, another character, three more units of foot units. So you got four foot units now. Then you have to have two of the Warrior Kin Bands, which is then two Rune Sons and six units of Berserkers. So you've got ten infantry units on the on the floor. You've got uh, six characters, and then you can add a Doomseeker or a Berserker if you want. And f- the cost of five battalions. That's true. That's six? Well, all, basically every character is going to have a, 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 an artifact. Well, it's five battalions, and then you get one for free. Yeah, so every character is going to have an artifact. Yeah, unless you're playing Greyfeard, in which case you have extra. Oh, that's yeah. Then you'd have too many. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that that that's a lot of points for that. I mean, that would be. Exp- I mean, that's got to be at least a. I don't know how many points. Who cares? Uh, and you're gonna yeah, once again. Now, if you are a fanatic for this army and you're getting annoyed with me, sort of poo pooing it, even though I really like the lore and I want to like this army. Um, and you can, now Alex is pointing out that I could just get a couple of those things and just quick up. Can we just keep this short? Oh, I see what you did there. Um, yeah, let's keep it short. Okay. Um, how do we want to do this? We're down to we're down to all the units. So when you activate blazing runes from uh-huh. the Grand Feared, uh huh. Whenever you use a war, a, a oh that's right, Urgold rune. You get its enhanced effect on a five up instead of a six. That's up. what you get. So okay, so you get something that you could actually take as an as one of the artifacts from before. I thought, can't you? Uh huh. Oh, see, so why? Yeah, the, oh, big deal. All right, so no one's ever taken the Grand Feared. Uh, now, if you have <laughs> ever taken the Grand Feared, please call the voicemail. Let us know, or send us an email. Let us know, uh, garagehammer at live dot com. And uh, tell us that you've taken the Grand Feared. And tell us about your glorious battle and how many points it actually turns out to be because I'm too lazy to figure it out. Um, All right, let's go to the units because, wow, I can't believe I totally skipped the ability for that dumb thing. Um, It's okay. There's a reason. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to just talk about what the Magma Droth can do first and then kind of go through the characters? Or do we want to just pick and choose? We don't want to go through. That's the right way to do it. Okay. So... Tell us about the Magma Droth, my friend. Uh, so 
the Matt Randroth actually has a much better profile than it did in the last in, uh, version of them. So they have their horns and claws attacks. They have a maw attack now. They didn't have that before. Okay. Uh, they have pretty good rend, pretty good damage, decent attacks. Uh, their move starts at 12, goes down to 6, depending on how much damage that they've taken. Mm-hmm. Um, they've all got the Roaring Firestream ability, so it's a shooting attack that you don't follow the normal sequence. Um, instead, you roll a number. You have a dice roll equal to their Roaring Firestream mm-hmm. attack. Um, and this one starts at D6 and then goes up to 3D6, which sounds good until... Until you read it, you have to get that number under or equal to the number of models in the target unit for them to suffer D3 mortal wounds. Yeah. So, you obviously want to be more full health in order to get the most out of the Roaring Firestream. And then, if you're within six inches of the target unit instead, it's D6 mortal wounds if you hit them. So it's potentially a lot of damage. Yes. Depending on your target. Yeah. And especially and this is a lot of, there's a lot get. of little hordy type armies and they get up close they're within 6 inches, boom, each of them you can you can hit a bit, you know, especially I mean just even units that have 10 or more. You can hit him with a fire stream, and if you get up close, you're hitting him for D6 mortals. That's not bad. That's pretty cool. I like or the if more- you ran four of them at once, it would be 4D6. That is true. Yeah, that's why I like Lofnir. Um, <laughs> Lashing Tail, so they all have this at the end of the combat phase. Roll die for each enemy unit within three inches of this model. And if the die roll is less than the number of models in that unit, it takes another D3 mortal wounds. So it's... Just like the, uh, what do you call it? The dragon. Star Drake has that ability too. Um, Volcanic blood. So every time uh, they suffer a wound from a melee weapon that isn't saved on a four up, the unit that hurt them takes a mortal wound back. Because their blood is liquid metal. That's right. It's like, yeah, it's like the floor is lava, except now it's the blood is lava. And they all have that. So that is true of every Magma Droth. Their profiles don't change at all. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there we go. So, yeah, you've got that down. And then you got your Claws and Horns attack with if you give them that special ability, suddenly their sixes to wound are doing rend three. Instead of one. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. No, they're pretty good. Um, and then have three different characters you can put on them. Uh, the Rune Father, the Rune Son, and the Rune Smiter. And they all have their own little abilities. Alright, so let's uh, let's hit these, I guess. Sure. Alright, uh, Rune Father. He's got his Grand Axe, which, uh, three-inch attack, three attacks, threes by threes, one rend, three damage. That's actually not bad at all. Yeah, it just suffers from lack of attacks. Yeah. Um, you got the stare down. In your hero phase, pick an enemy unit within three inches, minus D3 to their bravery. Just boom, automatically. Because he's he can mean mug you into being afraid of him. That works. Yeah. 
Um, God, and he's on a magma draw, so that three-inch range is like all over the place. All right, at the end of the combat phase, pick an enemy hero within three inches of this model and roll a die. On a six, pick one of their melee weapons. Minus one from the hit rolls for attacks made with that weapon for the rest of the battle. You cannot pick the same weapon to be affected more than once per battle. So at the end of the... Oh, so... Oh, I see, because the key, they talked about that in the lore, the little notches on the key, you can go grab the weapon, twist it, and, and br- mess up the weapon. Yeah. Um, so this one you still on have six. to grab it on a six. It used to be if you make a save, you could break the weapon, but then it would just no longer count as a magical one or get the extra abilities. But this is just like, regardless of what it is, you can hit it for a flat minus one. True. And those two rules apply to the one on foot as well. Cool. Um, but the Rune Father on Magma Joth and the Rune Father on foot have different command abilities. Okay, so the one on the Magma Droth, start of the hero phase, pick a friendly model uh, with this. Okay, start the model. Until the start of your next hero phase, no battle shock for friendly units wholly within 18 inches. That's not bad at all. That's really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Just negating battle shock because that's a big base and you're getting 18 inches. Um, what does the Rune Father's ability have when he's on foot? You get to add one to charge rolls for friendly fire slayers units wholly within 12 of him. And you use his command ability at the start of the charge phase. So if you're playing Vostarg, you get plus one to your charge rolls native and then you get another plus one from his command ability. Works. Yeah, stuff's moving. Stuff's moving. Short right. distances. So those guys are pretty good. Um, okay, so you get to the Rune Sun. Uh, now he has the same abilities on foot and on the on the back of the thing as well, right? I mean, not the same command ability, but the same basic rules. He's vying yes. for glory and Worm Slayer. All right, so if you choose a Rune Sun, you don't get the Weapon Breaker or the Stare Down, but what you do get is. Reroll hit rolls for attacks made by this model if there are any rune suns within six inches of this model. Oh. Any other friendly rune sun. Okay, so that's right, because all the different suns are trying for glory. So if there's another rune sun within six inches of this, they're both working harder because they want to get they want to get the attention. Yeah, and it says this model. Mm-hmm. So this includes the Magma Droth attacks. Oh, nice. Reroll hit rolls for all of that if there's another Oric Rune within six inches. Also, plus two damage if your Javelin is targeting a monster. So if you do take the Javelin, because you can also take the War Axe, right? Oh, yeah. You can do a Javelin or an Axe. Um, I personally would do the Axe, but... More attacks. If you wanted to do the Javelin... Well, you know, you might. You might. All right, so they've got that going for them. Um, and they do have different command abilities. If you're on the Magma Droth, you can use the start of the charge phase. Pick a friendly Magma Droth within 12 inches of a friendly model with this command. So, so you could pick yourself for this, right? Because you're on a Magma yes. Droth. Okay. So this or another Magma Droth within 12 inches. After they make a charge move, you can pick an enemy unit within one inch and roll a die. On a two-up, they take D6 mortal wounds. You cannot affect the same unit more than once with this command ability in a turn, in a phase. 
But does that mean if I run up and there's multiple units within an inch, I can spend multiple command points and do on a two-up D6 mortals to each unit? Because the same unit cannot be picked to be affected by the command. You can't affect the same magma trough. Oh! Because you're picking a friendly magma trough. Okay, I'm sorry, I misread. I was thinking about picking the unit within an inch, so I, yeah, okay. Forget I said anything. Pretend I'm not here. No, no, it's a good clarifier. Oh, okay. Well, then I can be here again. Um, This is one of those, if you're playing with a flame scale young blood, where they do mortal wounds on the charge anyway, Mm -hmm. you then stack this on top of it. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. All right, and if the rune sun's on foot... He can use the Dauntless Assault. Use this at the start of the combat phase. If you do so, add one to wound rolls for attacks made by friendly Fire Slayer units wholly within 12 inches of that model. That's actually not bad. No, it's not. Plus one to, so you got him on foot, plus one to rules for friendly units wholly within 12 inches. Um, this could be a guy next to the guy in the Magma Droth giving the Magma Droth dude all of his abilities. Yes. Plus one to wound. So suddenly, all those wound abilities. Oh man, that's that's. See, and this is why you got just a bunch of characters, and mm-hmm. when you're playing, because they all got kind of silly, stupid, over the top abilities here. All right, what about the Smiter? He's on a magma drop. Yeah, and then we'll see about the other one. He's got um, a couple of interesting things. Uh, that are different from the one on foot. So if he's on a magma droth, uh, he can do a grand ritual of awakening. So it's a once per battle in your hero phase. You can say he's going to eat a nugget of Urgold. And if you do, you add one to save rolls for attacks that target friendly fire slayers while they're wholly within 12 inches of him until the start of your next hero phase. So you eat your Urgold nugget you pop the forge, so you get plus one to all your saves, and then you get to reroll ones. Yeah, it makes you obnoxious. I like that. I like being yeah. obnoxious. Yes. Uh, and then the runic empowerment. Uh, so this one is... These are the guys that set the runes ablaze and like really draw out their power. Right. So this is a prayer. And if you do so, uh, you roll a die, and on a three-up, uh, you get to pick a friendly Fire Slayer unit wholly within 12 of the model, or within 18 if he's armed with a Forge key. Um, essentially, you either take a Runic Iron, which is just like two extra piddly attacks, or you take a Forge key to bump the range of this. So you're going to take the Forge key. Okay. Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't think you can model this guy with a Runic War Iron. I think he only comes with the key. So they're even trying to tell you something. I have just a, in the okay. model. Um, am I making a mistake here? So I'm looking at the... And it says he can have either a runic... Like you said, either a runic iron or a forge key. When I look under the weapons, I don't see a runic iron. I see a runic iron. I don't see a forge key. Yeah, you, you're hitting somebody with a key. But what weapon is that under the list? It's not. Dave, I'm hitting you with a normal-sized key. What? Is that going to hurt you? No. 
it's not a weapon. You just boost the range of this ability. Oh. So if you don't take the runic, oh, then you'd have the latch axe. Okay. You always have the axe. But then it's just take- whether or not you take two extra piddly attacks with the rune iron or you give that range. Wow, why am I just... Okay, no, I get it now. Wow. All right, folks, if you're listening to this episode and thinks Dave seems rather stupid today, I assure you I am neither drunk nor inebriated nor under the influence of anything else. I'm just stupid. It just happens. So there we go. Let's keep yep. going. Um, now, now, if he's on foot, he still has runic empowerment. Yeah, so that ability, if you get it to go off, is you get to reroll wound rolls for attacks made by that Fire Slayer unit that you pick. That's good. Rerolling wound rolls, really especially good. especially when you've got, because now it's for attacks made by that unit. So you could pick a guy in the Magma Droth. It includes the Magma Droth's attacks too, am I correct? Yeah. Or you just pick a big unit of Hearthguard Berserkers. True, but maybe he's not next to one of those. Maybe he's next to that Magma Droth that has, when you roll sixes, you get a uh, mm-hmm. three red. Could yeah. be. Um, now, if your Rune Smiter is on foot, he doesn't have the Grand Ritual of Awakening. He cannot eat the Urgold and do stuff, but he can tunnel. And this is a good one. Uh, this is right out of the lore. Instead of setting him up on the battlefield, you can place him to one side and say it's set up underground. If you do so, when you would set up another friendly Fire Slayer unit, instead of setting that up on the battlefield, you can say it's joining the model underground. One unit can join the model this way. So your your Rune Smiter on foot plus one other Fire Slayer unit can come in underground. At the end of the movement phase... You can set this model up anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches from enemy units, then set up enemy the unit that joined it wholly within 12 inches of this model and more than nine inches from enemy units. Any reserve units underground that are not set up at the start of the fourth battle round are destroyed. So you can bring it up any round you want. There's not a roll. There's nothing. You can just be like, okay, these guys come up nine inches away from an enemy. And it could be yes. any unit. It could be a Magma Droth next to him. It could yeah. be... 20 Berserkers. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, but it's not one of those where you set the character aside and you set the unit along with them. So you, you could set this guy off to the side, but you don't have to declare who's going with him until you're ready to. Hmm. Now, so question. if you have multiple do you threats... Have to do, that, do you have to do that immediately after him, though? No. Well, it's um, because I'm asking because I'm reading the rules. Okay, if you do so, because it says you can you can set aside a reserve unit. If you do so, when you would set up another unit instead of setting it up on the battlefield, you can say it's joining it up. So I just didn't know if that had to be the next unit or not. No. Okay. I didn't know if it always going to take reserves. It has to be that. So wow, you could just hold off and decide. Okay. Yeah. So you have to put a unit on the table first, and then put this guy off to the side for the. One to one ratio, but oh, yeah, you, you can okay, yeah, you can use this guy essentially as a threat of like, well, I could tunnel this big unit, so you then have to deploy to respect it, or I could just tunnel this one guy. He pops up and then he does the woogie woogie with the key at some point. So the woogie woogie. Mm-hmm. So all right, let's keep going then, and then we can. I guess we'll talk a little bit in a little bit about. Um, the benefit of taking uh, 
either all magma dross or taking a lot of little foot soldiers because I'm not certain which is better, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm certain you'll explain it to me. Um, but why don't we do this? Let's get through these last few characters, take a break, come back, hit the units and the uh, not quite called endless spell things, and then you can explain to us why things are good and we can wrap up. So, uh, Battlesmith. The Battlesmith, um, oh, he's got that big banner. This is the guy who knows all the stories, and he's watching everything. In your hero phase, you can say he's raising the icon. If he does so, plus one to save rolls for attacks that target friendly flyers, fire slayers wholly within 12 inches of this model to your next hero phase. However, if you do so, friendly fire slayers wholly within 12 inches of him cannot retreat. Makes sense. He's there recording their deeds. They're not going to run. Um, if he is slain before it's removed from the plate, friendly fire slayers only within 12 inches can swear to protect the icon. If a unit does so, that unit cannot make normal moves and charge moves for the rest of the battle, but you can reroll hit and wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by that unit. Oh, that's kind of cool. So th- this is this is almost like the old uh, sort of rune master who would lay down the, or the oath stone. Mm-hmm. So if this guy dies, you could pick a unit that says, "Nope, we're going to defend that banner," and they don't—they basically don't move again. No, uh, they can still do pile-in moves, right? But they cannot move or charge. Uh, but then they get to reroll hit and wound rolls for attacks that mm-hmm. for melee. That's that's kind of good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but his icon is really where it's at because. You can just say he's raising the icon, but there's no penalty. Right. Um, except for you can't retreat. Which that's not what this army is designed to do anyway. Not particularly, unless you can retreat and charge. I don't think there's a lot of that in this book, if anything. Um, so you get to bump your saves up by one, or if you take the one icon from the artifacts list, you can bump that to holy with an 18 mm-hmm. and plus one to save. Cool. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. All right. Uh, let's keep going because I want to get done. Um, okay, the Rune Master. This is the guy with no mustache. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, his ability, in your hero face, pick an enemy unit within 12 inches. Roll two dice. If you roll at least one six for the rest of the battle, you can reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made by friendly units that target that unit. If you roll two or more sixes... How do you roll more than two sixes on two dice? For the rest of the battle, you can reroll hit and wound rolls of one for attacks made against that unit. Nice. Okay, one second, because there has to be a reason that that's there. Um, and there is not. Never mind. I could not see one. Unless, like, you do it, like, in one hero phase and you roll one, and then in the next hero phase you roll another one. But even then, you'd have two. What do you need or more? Unless you roll two on the next turn and you targeted the same unit. Is it cumulative? Who knows? I don't know. But he has no mustache, so I so I mock him. All right. And he also has Volcano's Call. Start of the hero phase. Chant a prayer. On a, a three-up... 
a terrain feature within 18 inches, roll a die for each model within an inch of that terrain feature. For each six, it takes a mortal wound. In addition, until your next hero phase, that terrain is deadly. Okay. Floor is lava. The floor is lava. Um, I, I guess that Holy Seeker is pretty is a pretty decent ability. It is. Uh, the big thing is that this is a massive improvement to what it was. Okay. Because it used to be that you took this guy and your opponent got to get a bonus on their roll to wound with one of their friendly units and you didn't get the bonus from for attacking them until that unit got within I think it was 12 inches of this jerk. But if this guy dies before he ever gets within 12 inches, you still keep the bonus with no issue. Uh, yeah. See, and, and you know what? And he's got no mustache. Let's just leave him alone. He can stay home. He's much better now. Okay, he but still. Yeah. All right, let's get through these last couple. Here, um, Grimrath Berserker. Oh, this is yeah. your this is this is your 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 premier sociopath of the army. Yes. Um, roll a die each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to this model. Plus one to the roll if there's any enemy units within three inches on a six. Okay, so he's got a six up complete ward save. Five up if he's within three inches of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So he's got a four up by six up, possibly five up. He also has battle fury. At the end of the combat phase, if he's within three inches of the enemy, roll a dice on a two up, he can pile in and attack again. That's pretty good. And then finally, if he is killed before you remove him, pile in and attack with all the way. So he's basically going to attack a lot. That's what you're going to do. Throw this guy in. Hope he doesn't die. Uh, he's only, he's got four attacks, threes by threes, two ren, two damage. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, because you get you can get those bonuses, right? Is this? I mean, can he get those bonuses from those other characters to get the plus ones to hit or rerolls? Because he is a fire slayer. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so you can get him down to like a two up save with the five up, six up, depending on the condition. Um, you can just make him an absolute tank, and he just rolls dice. So, it's cool. pretty cool. And finally, uh, the Doomseeker. Oh, I love these guys. Although, I just wish my other models would, would fit with these, because I love my old Doomseeker models. All right, so, at the start of the first battle round, pick an enemy unit that this model has sworn to destroy. At the end of the combat phase, if it's within three inches, it can pile in and attack with all its melee weapons. So, okay, that's Oathbound. So he picks him. I hate those guys. He gets to fight. If he's alive at the end of the combat phase, he gets to fight again. Like it. Uh, also, plus one to the damage if it has a wound. Add two to the damage if it has two or more. So it's a five-wound model. Once it takes a wound, its damage goes to two for its attacks for the melee weapons. If it takes another wound, its damage goes to three for its With attacks. With six attacks total. I like this, but I like Doomseekers, so that's that's me. That's what I do. Well, he's a little different than the last ones, but... Yeah, but what are you going to do? Um, yeah. All right, let's see. Where are we at? We've, oh, we've been going. So let's take our last break. We'll come and do the infantry units, and then um, we'll, you'll explain why this army can smash face 
and uh, and that type of thing. Okay. Sure. All right. A garage hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. And we are back. Rounding out with the last few entries. You know, for a book review that you said wasn't going to take that long, Dave, you definitely came up short. Well, we um, did a half hour because I really thought it would be short, and so we did the we did our not quite the toolbox. If I edited that out, the show would be short again. So you underestimated them? <sighs> yes, I did. I did. I totally underestimated them. And, you know, you shouldn't underestimate them because that will just get you into their book of grudges so yeah yeah all right uh shall we start with the so let's start with the easy part for all of these units they're all movement four they all have a five up base save they all have two wounds a model which is huge yeah as opposed to one um and then they're all bravery seven the hearth guard berserkers are bravery eight there so, are no one-wound models in this army. No, there ain't. That's kind of good. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of consternation because of like the changes to their saves, uh, especially on the Vulkites, but it's like, you now have two wounds a model. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. What was, what was their save used to be? Their save used to be um, like a five-up save. And then based on how big the unit was, it got a better save as okay. a secondary. Oh, jeez. Okay. But now you have two wounds a model. Um, and they're more expensive. There are 140 points for 10 of these guys for the Volkites. But it, for if you're collecting this army, it means that you don't need to paint the mountain of little naked baby men. So... It's a little more elite, so it's not so daunting to get into. Oh, okay. Um, any event. So for the Vulkites, um, they either take um, a fire steel hand axe and a sling shield, a war pick and a sling shield, or a pair of hand axes. Uh, their unit champion is Carl. And that's for all of them. They're all called Carl. 
Um, hey, so obviously, Carl. Not just yes. Coral. Yes, Coral. Um, you get to add plus one to his attacks, either melee or shooting, depending on the unit. Great. Um, you get to add one to charge rolls if they have a horn. So this is only on the Volkai Berserkers that you get this. Okay. Um, so add plus one, and then you obviously combine in with Vostarg and a lot of other things. You just get these ridiculous bonuses to charge. Um, they have Berserk Fury, which we already talked about. Um, so it's a once per battle. When the model would die, you get to pile in and fight with them. Okay. So we already talked about that. Uh, if the model so has... If you take the pair of weapons, you get to re-roll yeah, the pair of hand hit axes. Rolls. You get to re-roll failed hit rolls flat at two attacks, threes by threes. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Um, but then when you combine it with like the plus one rend plus one rend rune, um, you can actually get them pretty pretty solid. Um, but it's threes by threes, which is pretty good to begin with. And then if you take the pick, it's two attacks, threes by fours, but more importantly, rend one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just native. And then if you take a unit with the sling shield, um, essentially what they do is they charge and they throw the shield that's uh, chained to them so, so they can pull it back. Um, after you make a charge move, you pick one enemy unit and roll a die for each model from the charging unit within eight inches of that enemy unit. Um, and for each six, that unit takes a mortal wound. And in addition, if you didn't charge, you get plus one to your save. Because you're not throwing it at that time. When you are throwing it on the charge, you're not using it to defend. Once you got it back, you're using it for defense. Not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good, and it's a much more cleaned up rule as opposed to what it was, where you could go on a model-by-model basis. This way, they all threw their shields at multiple targets, or... It was just you roll a die for every model in this unit, regardless of how far away that Fire Slayer was. Oh, jeez. So you have a guy throwing it from half the board You're away. You're lining, and he's, yeah, yeah, okay, forget about that. All right, so these guys are pretty good. You're making me want to play this army, Alex. God, That's my me. job, dude. I know, but do it to them, not me. Well, they're just as susceptible. They can sit here and listen to me yammer. Oh, I love Dwarden. They're so cool. All right, so the Hearth Guard, um, they have the Magma Pipes. and Pike. Magma Pikes, sorry. Um, so that Pike is pretty cool. Um, it's 18-inch range with two attacks, fours by threes, one rend, one damage, but... Plus one damage if it's targeting a monster. In addition, if it hits the monster on a four, excuse me, good gravy, on a four up until the end of the unit's next turn, half that unit's move characteristic and minus one to hit. So you're hitting it with with lava, but it's a big monster, so it's not burning up and dying. But that lava obviously is cooling quickly, and so it's slowing them down and making it harder for them to move and harder for them to hit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a cool weapon. Yeah. Um. And the other thing is, if you've got a hero that's not on a magma droth within three inches of this unit, if it takes a wound, roll a roll a die, and on a four up, you can put it on these guys instead. So, because these are the these are the protectors of the of the of the 
of the of the of the character. The, yeah, this that's their whole job is to be the protector. That's pretty it's cool. It's the protector of the priesthood. Right, but it works for any friendly fire slayer hero not on a magma droth, so. Mhm. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And then finally we've got the Hearthguard Berserkers. Uh, they can have a Carl, just like the Hearthguard, just like the other Berserkers. Um, and this one, okay, so, oh, that's right. These guys have the super save. Every time they take a wound or a mortal wound, you roll a die. Plus two to the roll if they're within 10 inches of a hero, a friendly hero. So on a six up, the wound or mortal, they get a six up ward save against everything. If they're near a hero, they get a four up. And with how many stupid heroes there are in this army, you're going to be within ten inches of a hero, and you're so you're going to get a five up, four up. But then you add in the icon to make it a four up. You add the prayer, make it a three up. You add the forge brethren, make it a two up. See where I'm going with this? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And if you uh, roll a unmodif- if you roll a natural six on the attack, you do two mortal wounds on top of, not instead of. It's not like the stormcast with the lightning uh, hammers. Um, you roll a six, you do two mortals on top of your regular damage. And that's only if you're attacking with the pole arm. Um, okay, which is not the- as awesome as the broad axe, but still. But the big issue with these guys is that it's a two-inch reach. So these guys essentially fight in two ranks. What size base? They're on 32s, right? They're all on 32s. Okay, so yeah, it's two ranks, yeah. So it's two attacks regardless of what the weapon is, threes by threes. If you do the six to hit, you do the mortal wounds. But if you do the broad axe, you're ren one damage two with... However many attacks that is. Yeah, I see where you. Yeah, but they gotta they gotta give some juice to the to the crummier weapon, so it might do that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, the big issue is that the polex it was a no brainer because it used to be if you hit with it, then you roll a dice to see if you do mortal wounds with it. Now this one is you have to just flat roll a six, so it's not as powerful as it used to be, but it made the makes the broad axe look much better too by comparison okay um let's do the the magmic invocations really fast because we totally spaced on i uh, totally spaced about those mm-hmm. um okay so first you got the the flame spitter which is that that's that giant smokestack right or that stack yeah. of smoke looking thing all right oh that yeah because that's like old faithful with lava okay or a volcano, as you might want to call it. Uh, at the t- at the start of the hero phase, one priest can attempt to perform this invocation. On a three-up, it's successful. Place this wholly within six inches of that priest. And what can you do with it? Start of your shooting, shooting phase. If there's a priest within six, pick an enemy unit within 24 and roll 12 dice. Plus one to the roll if there's 10 or more models. Plus two to the roll if there's 20 or more models. For each six, it suffers a mortal wound. So... 12 dice against hordes you're doing mortals on four up so you can get you could get up to for bigger units you can get about six mortals nice yeah that's just on average so essentially you're turning that priest into a turret Mm -hmm. and it's a very big range because it's six inches well holy within six inches from the priest and then you pick 
24 inches to the unit that you're going to shoot at. So you've got like an effective 30 inch shot. Now, if you're playing Fire Slayers on Fire Slayers and you lay this thing down, if I can get my priest within six inches of it, he can use it too, right? Well, it says at the start of your shooting phase that there's a friendly Fire Slayer priest within six inches. So I move before the shooting phase, right? Mm-hmm. So if I can move within six inches, I can use it too. Right. Yeah. Cool. Because all Fire Slayer priests are considered friendly no matter which side of the table they're on because that's what they are. All right. That's not bad. That's pretty cool. Um, what about the firewall? So the firewall is basically the prismatic or the prism wall. Pris- prismatic palisade. That's it. It's, it looks like the same model, only this one's fire. I'm not and it's excited. got runes on the top. Oh, and runes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on a three-up, set this up wholly within 18 inches of the priest that uh, rolled the die. Um, mm-hmm. So what is this? A model cannot see another model if an imaginary straight line one millimeter wide drawn from the center of its base to the center of the other model's base passes within an inch of this model. So it doesn't even have to be direct. It just has to be within an inch. Interesting. Um, so you can hide behind it. Reroll save rolls of one if you're wholly within 12 inches of it. And Magmadroth can pass over it as if it could fly. So it helps block line of sight and allow you to reroll save rolls of one. Yeah, and Magmadroth can fly over it, just like a scuttle tide right. for Gloom Spite. So this is one of those, because the biggest issue with Magma Drops is they just die to shooting uh-huh. um, before they even get to do work. This helps prevent that. Oh, that's true, because it literally doesn't say that monsters... So you could hide a Magma Drop behind this thing, and then yeah. just charge right over it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you get the bonus, because you're going to be close to it. Uh, cool. And the last one is the uh, Molten Infernoth. Um, okay. Also known as the... What is that thing from the Lord of the Rings? The, uh, the Balrog. Balrog? Yeah, also known as a Balrog. All right, so in this one, start of the hero phase, a priest can do this one. On a three-up, you set him up wholly within 12 inches. When you set him up, immediately make a move... In addition, at the start of each of the subsequent hero phases, the player who set up the invocation can make a move with it if it's still on the battlefield. It moves up to 2d6 inches. So, this is not like the predatory where whoever is going second on the new battle round gets to move it. It's at the start of each of the subsequent hero phases, the player who set it up can move it. So... At the start of each of their subsequent hero phases. Okay. So this isn't a turn okay. or a battle round thing. This is just a hero phase thing. Right. Okay. Uh, after its move, roll 12 dice for each unit that's within three inches of it. At the end of its move, for each six, it takes a mortal wound. Fire Slayer units are not affected by this. So you don't get the bonus boosts for being near a hero like the other thing did. But you do get it for every unit within three inches. So if you can get this thing in close to a couple of different units, you get to roll extras. And Mm -hmm. plus one bravery to Fire Slayers wholly within 18 inches. Because, boy, do they love the fire monster. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Um, It's probably the coolest looking model in the range. Quite possibly, yes. 
Um, but yeah, it's not as sweet as it looks. Is that what we're thinking? That is exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. That's everything in the units and we talked about them for a while. Alex. So what do we do with this? What what do you suggest? Now I know we can take you get a bunch a of magma bunch drops. Of little naked maybe men. Mm-hmm. Uh, whichever one you like. You play the lodge that fits those, and you roll dice. Now each of those three units has its own thing. Like you can do the super ward save with the one the hearth guard, and they just punch through brick walls and everything. Right. You can also do the extra shield guys with the other one. Is there anyone and you get that the didn't... extra battle fury for the Volkites. So it really is just whatever flavor you want um, is what it boils down to. Um, I think the Hearthguard, uh, the Hearthguard Berserkers become battle line if your general is a rune father. So those tend to see more play just because they do so much damage and they don't go away. Uh just to get them consistently down to a two or three up with a four up behind it. Um, that is really that, that is really good. Yeah, and even with the numbers that went down, so it's 120 points for five Hearthguard Berserkers. Okay. But Matching you unit size, 20? 20 for 400 points. That's, that's a lot, but that's still, they're so good. And they won't, like you said, they just don't die if you do it right. But it's 40 wounds for 400 points with like a three up, four up, if you get all combinations correct. Interesting. Yeah. So the Hearthguard are really the big unit that you got to watch out for. Um, and it's usually one or two of these things running around because the cost is still effective for them to take two um, if you don't take a lot of magma troths. Okay. Um, but honestly, the only things that don't like quote unquote fit in the list are like doom seekers and grim wraths uh, because they, their whole job is to fight. They don't provide any sort of auras or anything. Everybody else every- is working when in well, and then fits the lore. Everyone else is working in synergy. Everyone else is helping everyone else do their thing, mm-hmm. and then you've just got this the, the master killer of the list and the guys who are out trying to find a glorious death, who are contributing nothing to that as a whole because they're out literally doing their thing. Yeah, so it fits to what they're trying to do. Um, so the two of them play very well to the narrative. Um. And I think in general you're probably going to take a Grimwrath anyway, just for tank. But no, the issue is you're going to run out of hero spots very quickly uh, because you're going to depend on so many bubbles. Um, so this is again that good learning starting project because um, you're going to want to take a Battlesmith. He's kind of like a plus one at this point uh, just to get the bonus save on whatever unit he's trailing behind. Uh, just on an auto. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh, again, and I, it is, and I suppose you could paint it up pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, could, this is arguably one of the easiest armies to paint um, if you do it contrast-wise because all you have to do is paint whatever metals and then you can 
seriously just do the whole model contrast wash uh gilliman flesh or whatever it is the lightest of the flesh tones okay and that'll fill in all the cracks because if you've painted these models the runes are imprinted and then there's a deeper line to separate the rune out from its skin and then there's that raised bit of skin around the rune and manually painting that is a pain in the butt so you, you just paint the runes first detail. and then yes, hit it with the gilliman that that adds a little shade to the rune as well yes because flesh tones do really well to bring out golds <coughs> how much are those getting started sets um i'm not sure but you could easily do the four of them um, and then use the extra rune sons, smiters, and fathers on foot to convert up at least one battlesmith if you don't have the model already. Okay. Um, and then you do four battles or four characters on magma droths, at least two of them are sons, so, so they get to do the reroll bonuses off of each other. Um, add in the runic firewall and. Warrior Kinband, you're at 2,000 points, and you have four units of 10 Vulgite Berserkers. Cool. But that's if I was doing it, which is playing Lofnir, which is playing the uh, silly list, because I like Ojira, and <laughs> I don't think you see enough Magma Droths on the table. Uh, so, But that's if I was to do it. I mean, obviously... If you're looking for like the power stuff, Vostarg, Hermdar, their combinations are fairly obvious. So okay, well, yeah. There you go. There's your army, I guess. Yeah, it's for having such a small list. It does have a lot of different play styles, um, but unfortunately, it usually does boil down to that one fat unit of Hearthguard Berserkers, um, and just how you choose to buff it. All right, cool. Well, that's the army, and as much as I've been sort of poo-pooing them, I kind of talk just mostly just trying to talk myself out of getting four starter boxes and just playing a bunch of magma droths and dudes, because Lord knows I'd build them all and then never get around to painting them, no matter how easy it is, because that's what I've been doing lately—not doing what I'm supposed to do. But you could do it. You could pick them up. You could bring the fire slayers out. You could have a bunch of guys that don't want to die, followed by a bunch of guys that spit fire everywhere. It's pretty cool, and I like the story behind them. Now that they've explained what the heck is going on with the Urgold and how it works, I'm a yeah. much happier camper. I gotta say exactly. that. That made a huge difference in like understanding this army. Exactly. All right, so that's it. Wow. We're uh, episode 241 in the can. All right, now just trying to reach up to that 250. Get the Wow, that's just that's a lot of shows. That's so you cool. want to do like small goals? What? Yeah, small goals. We are yeah. at two forty one. We'll yeah. get to two fifty, and then two sixty. Yep, yep, yep. Just small achievable goals. That's right. Got to set those things you can reach, man. That's the point. That's the set point. the standards low. Yeah, hey, um, this show is. We all know it's good at that. Yes. So. I can absolutely do that. So, Alex, I'll Dave. see you in a couple of weeks for the next episode. Hopefully, we'll start getting more on time now that I'm wrapping up with school. Sorry that the last episode was so darn late, and then this one's right on the heels. But then again, 
you know what? They go together. So maybe it's not so bad. Maybe you're happy that it's close together. Maybe you still remember that last episode fondly. And you're like, oh, that was so good. And then this episode came. You're like, oh, this one was so good, too. Or, yeah, so, you know, they just come out fairly short succession. Exactly. But, uh, all right, so enough of the, enough of the dwarf puns, because, dear Lord. Uh, oh, listen, everybody, thank you for tuning in. And I definitely want to thank our sponsors and our Patreon patrons who make everything we do possible. Our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and Lance Pear. And our executive producers, Colin Miller and Andrew Frankusen. Thank you all for doing your part to make Garage Hammer great. Um, <laughs> um, all right, Alex. We're going to sign off. I think it's a good thing. And hey, listen, we got to the end of the episode this episode. Not like last time with technical difficulties and me just wrapping up sort of haphazardly. So God bless America, right? All right, folks. Until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. Or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at GarageHammer. And Alex, that's me, is at SomeKindOfGeek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at SoundCloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the GarageHammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums, that's tga.community, or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.